Welcome back, nerds, to the new and improved Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with the fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and on this episode, we're talking all about the Game of Nerds. Joining me today are two Game of Nerds staff members and my ride or dies, John and Natalie. Why don't you introduce yourself, Natalie? Okay, well, I started writing for TGON back in 2017, right out of college, and I was super grateful to find a writing position because it allowed me to continue to use my skills I had just honed as a literature major. And I immediately started writing about Voltron and Rick and Morty. And I was so surprised because by the time Emerald City Comic Con came around, Shannon and I had worked so hard to not only get me a press pass for the convention, but to get me an interview with a Voltron cast member. So ever since then, like I already knew I was in love with the game of nerds, but that was really a turning point and just made me so grateful for Shannon. (laughs) And it's really fun just to be, I mean, we continue to talk about that kind of stuff. I continue to put out articles about those fandoms, but I have expanded that. I've written about Scorpion, uh, Seismanos, which is like my big thing right now. Everybody should be watching that show. It doesn't get enough credit. But um, yeah, I continue to just hone my writing skills. And I think that's the most important thing for me. But it's also so cool to see all of our writers. Uh, just they're learning, they're growing, and uh, they're always introducing me to new things. <laughs> I saw an article yesterday about Princess Peach, and I've never played a Mario Kart game ever. You but haven't played really, Mario Kart? I've never played Mario Kart. Oh, I've never really girl. played video games. I know, but just like took away my nerd card <laughs> i know right well but, well we've got plenty like you know we've got plenty of content on mario so we'll get you we'll get you caught up i know i need to get up to speed but i mean because of tgon it's also especially with this podcast you you guys have inspired me and my boyfriend to create our own podcast because we live in seattle and we're of legal age it's the paranormal podcast and we'll be talking about <laughs> Yeah, we'll be talking about like creepy stuff, true crime, cryptids, like anything. I but love it's it. always a lot more fun if you're stoned. So that is going to be our big thing. And I really hope that we get <laughs> to work with the Game of Nerds while we do that. Oh, girl. You know, you've oh, got to sign up. So, and John, introduce yourself. John, oh, John, me and you go way back. We do. Yes. Yeah, that, that too. I started, I honestly have no idea when I started. I don't remember. And, and for me, it was really out of nowhere. It was kind of random. So I used to work with Nico um, Guerrero at a grocery store a um, long, long time ago. And I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, so much that I had my own, like, you know, not website, but like my own thread on Facebook. And because everybody got annoyed with all of the stuff I used to share. So I told everybody, hey, come join me on this, go in our own little place. So we would do, we would talk about rumors. We would even get like, we would put rankings on like the the cast and have them go into like a tournament style to figure out who is the best in regards to some sort of characteristic. I even went and like logged in how many Walker kills that's what got you that's that's exactly what you said every single episode every single thing and i had the the updated rankings 
I probably still have like the yellow pieces of paper when I stopped somewhere in like one of my drawers. So then I was like, okay. And then so Nick was like, hey, you know, you, you're the biggest Walking Dead nerd that I know, know somewhere that you could probably just write and get some other people. And I never really thought of it. And so just kind of talked to Shannon, this and that. And I was like, all right, you know, let's do it. So this is kind of, that's kind of how it started. And it just kind of, um, you know, went from there. I, I've been doing that the entire time since I, I started. I don't know if it was season two or three. I'd have to look back. Yeah, no, you um, came in, you came in pretty when we were fresh and starting, because I think we still were transitioning onto Tumblr to become a website. Um, and yeah, oh my gosh, you, once again, you, you've been that, but saying the kills, like literally I have a flashback of reading your email and that's like literally was included in the email. And uh, so when I met uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead, we still, I was like, you have, you have to go to our website and meet and look at my Walking Dead writer. He got the job because he like knew how many kills exactly you had. And he goes, are you serious? I was like, yes. So uh, it's just, it's moments like that where like, oh my gosh, we've, we've impacted and, and it's, it's, I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, and just from there, like in a Funko too. And so then I made some trades and it just happened to be that I made a trade with Shannon's husband, not really knowing the connection. So then <laughs> there's one time like Shannon's like, Hey, you know, you need to come down to um, one of the cons. Yeah. And so I brought my stuff to trade. I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know, let's just meet up and trade. So end up hanging out together and we go to the trunk of their car to, to make the Funko trade. And it's just like, you know, the small world and every, you know, everything was all connected. And then from there, you know, me and Andy are, are like humongous best buds. And uh, so, I mean, we have that whole aspect, but I mean, I've covered, oh geez. I mean, pretty much every single DC show has been on the CW, the 100. Um, I write about Funko, Big Pins. Um, some video games. I know I'm going to forget. You do all the collectibles. You're pretty much into all like Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, you did Game of Thrones there for a while. Um, you've Yeah, you've pretty much covered anything and everything. So here's my question for you guys now that we're talking about nerdy stuff. What is the one thing that you're obsessing about right now? Natalie? Uh, Seismanos. Hands down. It's a, uh, a kung fu anime set in 1970s Mexico which kind of sold me already, but it's really interesting to see all of the different styles of Kung Fu that are put into this uh, plot. And all of the characters have so much depth that you can read into anything and everything about this show. And it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's a technically an anime, it's Western anime. So it's a little bit easier for non-anime fans to get into. So it's definitely something, if you like action, something I would definitely recommend. Now, is this season one or is there multiple seasons of it? Right now, there's only one season. Okay. We're waiting to see if they're going to uh, announce a second one. I think New York Comic Con might have something about that show when it's when doing it's, its like online thing, you know? Yeah, the online yeah. virtual con with everything. John, yeah, you, those are tough. John, what are you obsessing over? Well, a few weeks ago, it was Cover Kai. Um, like I, I didn't catch it when it was on YouTube and I finally caught it on Netflix. And, uh, when I first started watching it, it was like 10 or 11 at night and I stayed up till three 30 in the morning, just <laughs> binging. And then I had to go to bed cause I had a 12 o'clock meeting and, uh, I finished, finished it in that three day weekend. So I am definitely obsessing over that one. 
um, assessing over the boys, you know, that's back on Amazon. So every single Friday or Saturday morning, like today, get up and I'll kind of watch that. And then in different kind of sector, um, I've been really um, playing a lot of Hearthstone, which is just okay. like a, it's a, it's a card game. It's online. It's kind of um, World of Warcraft-ish or whatever. I mean, like character-wise, but it's, it's a strategy game. And I've been kind of playing a lot with that, talking to my coworkers. I've kind of I've streamed a couple games on, on Twitch here and there. You know, yeah. so I'm I've been working up working up on that. That's awesome. We uh Andy and I binged the entire uh Umbrella Academy in the last week and a half, like both seasons. Um and it's very hard for us now as parents to find a series that engages us and keeps our attention and makes us so excited after our daughter goes to bed, not just for the fact that she's going to bed, but for the fact that, oh my goodness, we have something exciting to watch. Um, because a lot of the TV shows, you know, like, especially the CW shows, like we lost interest, like halfway through, we're like, all right, we're all right, moving on next subject. Um, so Umbrella Academy, yeah, we stayed up till midnight to finish that. And that was, thank you. Thank you for uh, recommending uh, the Umbrella Academy Game of Nerds, because that one was amazing. So I feel like this is a great segue into the main point of this episode. I mean, we are here to talk about the Game of Nerds and it being back with this new podcast. So if you're unfamiliar with our story, the Game of Nerds started from my hospital bed. I was hospitalized seven years ago for over 30 days. And all I could do during my time in the hospital was watch TV, read books, play video games. So I was binging content before binging was cool. And I would have my friends come over and within matters of an hour, we, we'd be getting kicked out. Well, they would be getting kicked out. I'd be hooked up to an IV, so I wasn't going anywhere. But they would get kicked out and my mom was getting so frustrated with me. She goes, Shannon, you need to make some friends online. So I did and little did I know that I would be making this many friends online and seven years later I would still be here um, because it just started as an outlet for me to write and talk about the shows and the books that I was enjoying at the time and now I it's turned into this beautiful nerd community where nerds are coming to learn about new fandoms that they are completely unaware of writers and cosplayers are coming who want to get new exposure who want to learn new things um so it has been this magical dragon as i like to call it that has turned into this beast um and i love it i love the community that we've we've built and everyone kind of has a strange story of how they came to tgon um john you came through family uh i knew you through my godson's father and he was on board doing star wars for us for a while i natalie how did you exactly come upon tgon craigslist Thanks. I was looking for jobs in Seattle and you had posted something up there. I was like, well, it's a writing job, even if it's just freelance. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So a lot of it's, that's, that's what I was going to say. It was the, a lot of people either tell me, oh yeah, I found you on Craigslist or I found, uh, found you through another, you know, 
social media and you guys don't have X fandom. Um, my biggest example is Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas came to me uh, saying, you have no furry content. And I had no idea what a furry was. <laughs> I had no nothing. And he literally in an email and a huge long email explained to me everything about furries, why that there's not a positive spot. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's go. Come, come play yeah. with us. And um, you've done great with that, too. Oh, my God. It amazes me. But, like, do you remember what you – I like, John John was Walking Dead. And, John, you kind of took Walking Dead from me. Were you surprised with how, how much traction we had at that point? Because I remember we were doing live tweets and everything. Yeah. I mean, the live tweets was, was one of my most favorite things, I mean, about it. In some ways, I wish that I had – had the ability to watch it on the East Coast time because I definitely can tell like those rare times that I could, you know, that you would have more, more interaction overall. But I was just, yeah, I was, I was stunned. I mean, it was so much engagement that I'd have to go back and rewatch the episode maybe two or, or three times, like one time to actually take notes to write about it. And then a third time to actually just watch it without any interruptions, just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it's, it's pretty incredible. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll still live tweet here and there. It doesn't seem to have as much, um, you know, traction as, as before. I mean, that's all has all, many factors to it. You know, a lot of left when I'm left and yeah. Well, and two, you know, we talk about this, me and Natalie were just talking this, because Natalie, of course, does our, uh, you know, does social media for us, too. She's a, she just does everything like I do. We're, we're multifaceted women. Um, <laughs> strong women. I strong love women. <laughs> um, but you, you've seen how the different social medias have played out and how different fandoms, like, scorpion out of nowhere still right years later I can't believe that was like what three years ago that that ended and they're still like taking in that content daily yeah. it amazes me but i like i'm so glad that we just threw that in there there there's so many of those one-off fandoms and for you for i guess both of you can answer this is what fandom for you have you seen the most surprising interactions from while working at the game of nerds i think definitely scorpion and voltron i expected some interaction with voltron but i didn't expect it to take off like it did and i didn't like i came in when i was covering scorpion i think i came in in like season four or five and that was like whatever the last season was. So I yeah. was really nervous about taking it over from Jamie. Yeah. But she set me up well. And then the fandom just took off with that season. Yeah. So well, it was guys, really surprising. You guys got blunt. You guys got kill. You kind of had a, it was one of those uh, series where this, the series got canceled before they could really make up the rest of the season to make it work. Um, yeah. so I think that's kind of the gold in that one. John, has there been a fandom that's really surprised you? Um, for me, I would say that the time that I was covering the 100 actually, um, you know, cause I knew it was a CW show and I mean, I, I didn't know about it until it was like two seasons in, I think I, I binged it on Netflix and then kind of caught up there. But when I was covering it, um, I mean, there was even some times where, you know, some people can like comment and then you get the emails back and forth and there'd be like continuous email, like just feedback and just, you know, like bouncing of points between me and, and some, some of the fans, you know, and that just kind of, you know, caught me off guard and also kind of makes you want to make sure that you're paying attention and you know your stuff, or at least you can 
act like you know your stuff because yeah. I mean, you know, at, with anything, if you're a fan of something, then you are no, in it. And yeah. if it, I feel like if they're taking the time out of their day to try and get your opinion on it, one, they value your opinion. And then they, and they don't go and ask just anybody that, well, maybe some do, but like to continue to come back and engage and bounce back and forth. I mean, that was like, I was like, wow. Like, you know, you'd read the email. And, All right. Well, yeah. Let me think about this and find some time to, you know, to, to not just shoot back a, you know, a three line, you know, thing or whatever, you know, but yeah. you, you got to make sure that they, I don't want to say they, in a negative way, but you, that they feel and know that, that they're valuable Yeah. by giving, you know, you that chance, that opportunity. You're not just taking advantage of it and just be like, oh, whatever, you know. When we talk about this, this is kind of what makes us different than all these other websites. I, I started the website because I would see things like, you know, Entertainment Weekly, Nerdist, these big time nerd sites. And you can tell that the article is clearly paid or the author has no idea what they're talking about. And I think I think the biggest turning point for us as a as TGON was when the new Fantastic Four came out. and every media outlet said oh this is going to be the greatest thing and everyone on staff i remember that day like it was yesterday was vividly like losing their shit they were like no this is horrible how dare you someone had posted the mike wazowski gif from meisters inc you put that thing back where you came from <laughs> you know like like put it back don't touch it um and i think that was the turning point of our values was like okay we are not going to stand for you know, oh, this is great. No, it, it, say how you really feel. And I guarantee there's somebody else who, you know, feels the same exact way you do. And it's finding those people like you do and have the email conversations that you realize, yeah, what I'm saying does have value and that every, do, you know, every nerd voice really does matter at that point. Um, but for me, the fan, the little fandoms, I think it's finding the little fandoms. Like we talk about Marvel, we talk about DC, we talk about Walking Dead, we talk about these huge fandoms. There's been a lot of little fandoms that have like popped up like Letter Kenny, which I still, oh, yes. Natalie, you're gonna have to explain this one to me. I still don't uh, understand oh, this. Oh gosh, see, and it's a small town comedy. It's set in a small town called Letter Kenny in Canada. I think okay. it's near, I'm not even going to try to guess. I don't know anything about Canada, but it's small town humor. And so you have like the farmers, you have the skids who are totally into like techno and drugs. Uh, you have the religious pastors and it's got everything that a small town has. And coming from a small town in California, it really hit home with me because it's the wit, the wit is just snap on point. The jokes are dry. So you have to like, get into them a little bit but as the show progressive progresses um the humor becomes more relatable to everyone not just people who come from small towns yeah. so I, I remember i wrote an article with like the top 10 letter kenny quotes from season one and everyone ate that up i think it's yeah. still getting a lot of views and it really surprised me because at that point it was still very new to me i think it had just come on to hulu so that one actually really took me by surprise. What do you think it takes to make a fandom survive at this point? I mean, you have to adapt and you have to, you know, you have to kind of just, just be relatable. Um, and then you can't like take, take people 
their time, their money, and their thoughts for granted. I think that's that's one of the biggest downfalls with, say, Funko, is that they just keep pumping stuff out and pumping stuff out and pumping stuff out. And, you know, they, they don't really change the molds. They might change the characters and you know, they dress something up a little different. But um, it's really not, not really changing much. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, they're losing steam. Um, you know, Figpen, something else that's kind of, I would say, gaining a lot of that market share, um, you know, just because of something new and something different. And they have sorts of different characters and, you know, their molds are, are different. You know, even though he's the same kind of characters. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He's just got to be, you got to be relatable and you got to, you got to change and you can't just expect them to continue to, to buy every single thing because also with Funko, it, it becomes an issue of space. And I'm sure you can see it in the background from Shannon right now. That, you know, <laughs> well, not, not every, close. <laughs> this is not well, yeah, I understand that. But like, not everybody has, you know, yeah. like has that ability. There's, there's people out there that are, you know, in their late teens or early twenties and they're just starting off with their life and they don't, maybe they're have a room. They're, you know, renting a room from somewhere. They don't have a whole space. And so they have to kind of be more selective and choose and, and things like that. But then if you have that, that mentality that, you know, that, that Pokemon, I got to catch them all, you know, you got to have a complete set and <laughs> yeah. that just starts really eating at you. It's all of a sudden, you know, walking deadline for instance, goes from like 30 to 90. Oh yeah. Something it, like it that, gets you know? Well, you see, this is just Marvel. It, I mean, it started with just a couple. And it, it, I, I, so it, here's my question for Natalie now. Turn this into a TV media aspect. What does it take a, a TV show or media to survive? Is it really the networks that are killing off our fandoms? Or is it the shows themselves that are killing themselves off with crappy writing? You know, I actually think along the lines of what John was saying, there's a level of compromise that needs to happen between the show creators or creators in general, really, and their fans. And I think that's part of the reason why Supernatural has lasted as long as it did. Because at one point they realized, oh, our fans are giving yeah. us all these original ideas. They're super creative. Why not incorporate them into our show? Yeah. And I think I've seen a lot of shows that kind of go off the deep end because their fans start to tear into the content. And it's also on the fans to compromise as well. And I think that's probably a huge problem. Animated shows in particular have a hard time because if the fans aren't seeing exactly what they want, they're gonna get upset about it. And if they're upset, then the network or like Netflix, whatever, they're gonna look at that and they're going to say, oh, well, fans aren't enjoying this anymore, so let's cut it. So I think the biggest issue is there needs to be that compromise between both the fan base and the creators. And it's a little bit more difficult for the creators because they're not like, they're not in charge 100%. So it's, it's difficult. I've been watching a lot of fandoms kind of crumble and fall apart because that, that level of compromise isn't there. Yeah. And this brings up a great question on my end because, you know, I, as on the Game of Nerds, I let my writers kind of do whatever they want. You want to write about Funka, write about Funka. You want to write about furries, you write about furries. You want to write about your favorite Netflix, you write about that. How, when you write an article, how do you find yourself where you're in the middle and you're not leaning to one side or the other? Like, oh my God, this was like the worst episode ever and ripping it a new, how do you find that balance between writer and fan? 
to where you're not being aggressive like natalie says there's some toxicity in some fandoms where it just like it gets nasty and you're just like all right i want nothing to do with this anymore like i i'd rather walk away and i'm done with this tv show because i can't deal with the the fandom that goes with it um how do you as a writer stop yourself from going off the deep end into that fandom toxicity uh that's actually a big part of why i had to leave an animated show fandom and i think you remember that when I suddenly oh, yeah. just had to drop it and you were like, wow, this actually broke Natalie. Like, yeah, this must be bad. And it was, it was a very toxic, just fandom environment. But I think a better example would be Scorpion. The season finale article that I wrote that's still getting traction, I had to really write a fine line between saying my personal opinion, I didn't enjoy the show that much. Yeah. So I had to like really ride that line of, I want to give my opinion, but here's what the fans actually want to hear. They want to hear, oh, maybe the show is not great, but here's why. And I had to give my opinions and leave room for them to comment on it. And I think that's why that article still takes off is because the last time it was shared, there were people coming to me saying, hey, can you help like get this show back? We really want this show. And they valued that article because it was neutral. So it's just really difficult to give your opinion, but you have to not come off as aggressive. You have to word your opinion very carefully and make sure that you're communicating enough with the fans to the point where they don't feel like they're being attacked. I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, that totally, it totally makes sense because like I can put it in John's perspective because you've covered Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead to <laughs> two very massive fandoms that can get nasty real quick. Um, how do you like i know you're you're tough as shit you really will you, you let stuff roll off your shoulders but uh how do you how does one as a writer deal with like the toxicity of the fandom like do you do you let it roll off or do you are you one of those people who's going to announce hey you guys are being jerks knock it off i don't worry about it too much because it's kind of expected i mean you know as you said when you have such a big fandom you're going to have people on both sides you know, you're going to have like the vocal minority, you know, in regards to that. Now there's sometimes, you know, I, it's either one of two things, either I'll just, well, I'll tell you one of three things. I'll just laugh it off and just let it roll off. Be like, whatever, just, you know, people being people. Um, two, I'll just get up and just walk away, you know, and just kind of like, okay, I'm going to center myself. Or sometimes I will just go and I'll go all in and I will <laughs> just mash that keyboard and get ready to send that out and be like, I got you good. And then I'll delete it because I mean, yeah. I know that that's just gonna, that's just gonna add fuel to the fire and you just kind of, you know, you just kind of gotta let that go. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been very interesting at times. Um, I mean, but it's kind of expected, you know, and, and even though it's annoying, also have to think that you are doing something right or you're in the right spot because if, if you know, if someone is, if people are, giving you that much, you know, or going at you or whatever the case may be, then, then, you know, you're doing something right. You're not doing it like, you know, just to really push somebody's buttons. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's expected. What do you think is the biggest thing that Game of Nerds is changing in the nerds world? You're just letting people not be ashamed to be themselves. I really, I think that's what it is. And, you know, there's, there's a home here for everybody. And really when it comes down to, it, if you look at, the roster and all the, the different random awesome things that has been covered one way or another. I mean, 
if you, if you're into it, it's it's probably here. And if it's not, then the holler at us, and we'll probably you know work to get that you know up here somewhere. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. No shame I, I in your game. I agree with that too. Is that I feel like all of our staff feels very welcome and they feel comfortable in this uh, environment that we've set up for them. And John's right; they can come to us with anything that they want. And we'll probably let it go because if you're into it, somebody else is going to be into it and you're going to reach out to that person and somebody else might feel included just by reading an article. So I think that's definitely how we're trying to kind of separate ourselves from other websites. And see, from my perspective, I think the biggest thing for me is seeing you guys flourish, like watching you guys all be so excited because a lot of the applications that I get in are nobody's giving me a chance no i mean it doesn't matter if you're a writer you're a cosplayer coming to me you're an artist nobody will look at my stuff i can't get hired anywhere they say i don't have experience um i want to you know work for x y and z well, yeah you can come on let's come 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 play uh come play with us because there's always something going on with us we've always got something going on um, but it's been really interesting on my end. And I think that's the whole point of this new podcast is that I am not an expert in everything and everything nerd. And so my goal is to have an episode of something for everybody, whether you're coming for Funkos, uh, you know, you're coming for anime, you're coming for DC, uh, you're coming for furries. We're gonna have a furries episode. I know uh, video games. It, we've got something for everyone and if you're not in you know if you're not familiar with it at least it'll be an episode where you can learn about it um and go okay well my boyfriend's really into this my girlfriend's really into this all right i'm gonna learn at least something and impress them uh you know that was a lot well, john remembers the emails we used to get when we were in tumblr when we were on tumblr the ask box that was like the biggest thing my you know so and so is really into x fandom like give me the low down so that i can impress them and i think we did like four different marvel watch guides because like the boyfriends were really into marvel okay what order do i watch them in and which ones really matter and which ones don't i mean i think literally we probably have three guides alone on that over the last seven years um but yeah there's there's always something for we're everybody gonna have here. A are we going to have a, a TGON hooked us up podcast, you know, sometime? In oh, man. <laughs> go back and find those people. Be like, hey, did, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to have everybody come back. It's going to be Spaghetti Tuesdays like old times. <laughs> What's your favorite part of TGON? I think for me, definitely the diversity that we have, not only with our writing, but with like our cosplayers, our cosplayers are amazing and we keep adding new things all the time. So I think just seeing all of the things, like you said, that I didn't even know existed, it's really nice to be able to not only introduce myself to new things, but to really understand things from that writer's perspective. So reading all of their articles is definitely something that I really, really enjoy. John, I know you just like hanging out with me after all these years. <laughs> I do, I just like hanging out. Now, I like Spaghetti Tuesdays, you know, I like all that. Now, um, like for me, at this point, it's, it's more about just interacting with, with the fans. And I mean, I, I do still enjoy writing articles, but, you know, just getting out there in, in the cosplay and just getting out there at the conventions and 
and you know all of a sudden just having you know my instagram or facebook whatever just blown up with all the shares and likes and you know um and it, it's really fun um you know seeing the excitement on people's faces that they either recognize your logo and the people that are excited to see what they believe is a nice cosplay and then a chance to teach them and, and you know give them information about your brand you know it's just it's so amazing because it's like you know it's like oh that's really cool and then it's like oh well this is where we're from and the next thing you know you know you kind of recognize that person or you know because then they're following you on tgon or they're following your, you know your personal account or they're, they're you know sharing your content and you're just like oh wow you know there's i've met other cosplayers just here locally from that you know like we're facebook we're not facebook friends we're instagram friends we don't really talk a whole lot because we don't i mean we just have the, the convention oh, stuff and, yeah and when you, you don't have but, conventions that kind of blows everything but yeah but, i mean that just that just shows that yes like they're not just taking the card and throwing it in the trash that there's a good amount that they are taking it they're going home when they have a chance they're looking at you know the card and the website and everything else and you're not going to get everybody to come along but i mean you, you know you get it, it it helps it's fun like that part yeah. just would you say tgon like tgon pushed you to cosplay more because i know like i did you do the riddler yes. before yeah okay so I, I, yeah, I did the Riddler before. I, I did different variations of the Riddler, like old school. I got like a jacket and I had, I had like Converse. And I, since I work at a sign shop, I had question marks printed and cut. And then I had to like with tweezers basically to get them placed on there, I had to take them off and put them manually by hand. I probably still have that in the in the closet because it was so much work. I don't ever want to take those off, but I did it on, on the jacket, on the pants, on the shoes. And then, you know, like I put the black around my eyes, but then I just kept like doing better and better at that. And then obviously with the Ramathorn, the Ramathorn was just something I did as a Halloween thing a long time ago, you know, and then it just kind of morphed into the, the, the pop box and everything else. And then my husband, that and, my husband overtook that plan. It was like, nope, we're going to make it a pop box. You're coming with me. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is fine. I was like, okay. I mean, since I, I had a lot of the stuff already and then obviously we, we got like more authentic and like, just with anything else it's like and then i'm sure all of the the cosplayers that are way better at this than me if you see the you know before and after you know pictures there's always a progression you know yeah. you learn new tricks you you get more money to be able to find to you know whatever the case may be so yeah, yeah oh I, but for sure i know. know natalie you've you've been cosplaying cosplaying a lot too and been fine-tuning yours has TGON yeah. kind of put, been kind of that push to like keep going or or were you cosplaying before? I've been cosplaying I think since 2013. Okay. Uh, might have been 2012. I don't really remember. But yeah, TGON definitely has helped push me to uh, hone my cosplay skills. The last one that I did was Assace Mono's character. And the most exciting thing about that was I got that cosplay on Twitter and the creator started interacting with it. Yeah. And so the cosplay that I'm working on right now is Blackfire from Teen Titans. It's something that I never thought I would be able to do. I'm working with craft foam and all of this weird stuff that I've never touched before. But I want to get it uh, out to promote TGON as well as myself. Like it's really exciting because you put put your stuff with the TGON logo and you're good to go. You have people like John was saying, you have people who are recognizing you. You have people who are asking you to cosplay the characters that they want to see. It's really exciting. 
Well, and then and then you got the twofold because now you've got the like you know on the back end we've got the huge cosplayer group who then you you chit chat and people you know people who have been doing this longer you ask them okay well how do I do this where do you go get that uh, you know it's kind of nice to have a soundboard and it, it's the same thing in our writing community the writers bounce off what do you guys think about this do you think this is a good idea I'm writing an article about you know like this week Nathan was writing about music you know all right what what's your favorite music from every movie tv show you know stuff like that I love seeing everyone kind of put their input now Future predictions, because like I said, uh, or I don't know if I did say this, but seven years ago today, we were recording the first TGON podcast. Uh, and now here I am seven years later recording the next version evolution of the TGON podcast. Uh, what would you say, uh, what are your epic predictions for the next seven years, John? Predictions. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I don't know. We're going to have flying cars by then? I mean, <laughs> how epic are we, we getting there? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 part of the, the fun and excitement is we know that we're going to evolve again in the that seven years, but, like, what is that going to look like? I mean, I have I have no idea. I, I expect What do you want to do but, more? Do you want to do more cosplay? I know you're going to get we're, – we're moving John over to Twitch, too, because the zombies are starting to drop off. So, uh, well, I mean, well, like, what I do you, what do you want to do? Like where, where in the nerd world does your heart desire? I mean, a, a lot more of this stuff, I, I think, you know, and it's, it's, I don't want to trash our website in any way. And I'm not saying that, but it, it's, it's, it's almost part of the evolution everybody kind of likes the instant interaction and, or everybody's on the go. So they have a chance to listen to this, this podcast when they're, driving or everybody's got their little earpieces and they're in their store shopping and they're kind of listening, you know, um, or, you know, a chance to get on Twitch and just kind of, you know, talk and interact and, you know, something that I would like to, to build towards is either doing like live viewings of the show on a Twitch, which obviously you can't show it on the Twitch. You'd almost have to like, you know, the TV is, is in front of me and I'm doing this, and, you know, talking to, to you know, while it's happening to the fans or anybody or start scheduling a twitch right after the show you know is done say hey you know what it's going to air at eight o'clock from you know eight to nine you know we'll be on at 905 let's just let's just get get right to it and just you know talk about it and also in a way beat other websites to the punch because instant gratification everybody wants you know just like oh my gosh i need to talk to somebody about that and obviously we can't do that with everything but i mean i think something like that kind of you know, going forward, be pretty neat. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the goal with podcasts. I mean, when I started the podcast, I was, uh, I was dating my husband. We weren't married yet. We had no babies. You know, we didn't have Marvel. Uh, I was nannying. I, you know, I could put everything, you know, I could spend a lot of time writing articles and I find I can't be creative writing articles anymore without it, with a screaming baby in my head, unless it's at 10 PM at night. And those near, those nights are becoming very rare. <laughs> um, so podcasting is like, okay, we've got to go back to our ground, ground roots here. And I, like I said, this is, this is my, this is, this is awesome. It's having conversations too with a grown up that isn't, you know, Elmo or Barney is great too. Um, but now, okay. Natalie always has the best, best insight and like vibes. So now I'm excited to hear what she has to say. Okay. This podcast, I think it's going to be a really good opportunity for us to expand 
our content even more because I mean, fans are obviously going to come for us for like the walking dead or like any show that they really like, but the more interaction we get with those fans, I think is going to give us more topics to cover within the existing fandoms. And also if somebody's enjoying the same thing as you, they're going to come to you and say, Oh, if you like this, you'll probably like this too. So it's definitely going to give us a better platform to reach out to the fans with more candid uh, opinions and everything. Because with articles, it's a little bit more difficult to figure out the tone of someone's writing unless you really know how they write. So to have all of us here talking about all of these, all of this content, it's really going to push fans to interact with us more and to probably give us a lot more views. But ultimately, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how we all grow. And just that was kind of uh, John's point, too, is that this is going to give us an opportunity to not only just get our opinions out there or to talk about whatever we want to talk about, but to actually get more opinions from, I mean, maybe you, like, if you're not into DC and we start talking about DC stuff, you're going to have questions because you don't know what's going on. So that's going to give us a lot more opportunity to really dig into things. And I think that's what's most exciting about this podcast is that we're not just going to have like, you know, articles on the fly. We're going to have really deep discussions about this content. And I think that's not only going to be good for us, but it's going to be really good for the fans to see that. And even with Twitch, I think the same thing, like to be able to see John playing or interacting with people, just say whatever he has to say about the game. That's always really valuable to fans. And that's how you get all of your fans to stay with you and to follow you. So this content is really going to give us an opportunity to help us get a new fan base and expand our fan base, but also to help ourselves. And I think that's really, really cool. I think for me, the whole point of this podcast is not only is this an easier form of content for me to do and control um, now that my life has changed here in 2020 compared to uh, seven years ago, but we've really spent the last seven years building a written library of nerd content on the website. And I think it's time now to build an easily accessible audio library of that same kind of content. So just like our website, there's going to be an episode on anything and everything in the nerd world. And um, I'm not going to be an expert in everything. There's stuff I will not know anything about, and you're going to have to teach me from ground zero. And then there's other things like, you know, uh, the Supernatural episode we have coming up. Like, I, I can give you my two cents because I'm a, I, I've, I've watched some of those episodes. I can give it to you. So it, it's going to be interesting. And like we say, we can always build on these episodes. Um, you know, we may do one Marvel episode, but I guarantee you there will be multiple because there's so much stuff you can talk about in certain fandoms, you know, um, especially cosplayers, Funko's another yeah. one of those that we could go days on, Netflix, um, stuff like that. So I am super, super stoked for this. This is just the beginning. And so uh, for all of our listeners out there, just oh, can't wait for everyone to keep hearing what's coming out. Uh, so let's plug uh, what you are doing and what you are working on. Uh, Natalie, you talked a little bit about what the podcast you're working on. When's that coming out? Do you have a date on that? I think that's going to be October 4th is our first episode. So right after this uh, Game yeah, of Nerds this... gets published. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that podcast. It's going to be the first one that I've ever hosted. 
So it's going to be a learning experience, but now I have you guys to help yeah. me along. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty so, much how I did this is right. Googling and figuring it out as I go. <laughs> yeah. So that in cosplay, which is, uh, it's a little bit more difficult to really get into it right now because of the quarantine and not being able to go to conventions to show off, but it's something that really keeps me grounded right now. So I think podcasts and cosplay, that's the way to go. And where can they find you on social media? Uh, I am on um, Twitter. My handle is NatwingWrites. And my Instagram is NatwingCosplay. So you get to see a little bit of what I've done in the past. I know that my uh, Full Metal Alchemist cosplay I did with my boyfriend, actually, that was a pretty good one. Got really good uh, feedback. All your cosplays are awesome. Because I've, <laughs> I've, I've actually got to see them in person at ECC. So I, uh, her cosplays are amazing. So please go check out Natalie and her new podcast that comes out shortly after this one drops. John, where can we find you and all your greatness? Well, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jpgarfunkel. Why JP Garfunkel? I don't know. I just picked that a long time ago and I've always rocked with that. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm not doing a whole lot of, I'd say, like extra nerdy stuff. I mean, I have, you know, obviously we've been talking about Twitch. I've been kind of working a little more on Twitch. I have been doing a lot of um, sports cards and, you know, basketball, football, kind of live breaks with people, sending stuff to, you know, to fans or people that have watched, you know, hey, you like a certain team, I don't like this team, or, you know, I'm gonna send you this care package. And we start doing, you know, I started doing some giveaways. I'll, I, my stream is very random. A lot of people on Twitch, they pretty much stick into one lane, but it's kind of like me, just totally random. So, um, I mean, I'll do the sports cars. There's times where you'll just see me just chilling for like an hour or so, just coloring, you know, just random pictures and just talking to people. Um, I've been streaming some Hearthstone, getting a capture card on another um, of cam. So, I mean, I'll be getting on the PS5 soon. I don't really have any set schedule. Um, I can well say soon, that <laughs> almost soon. Um, the, the, the cards have been taken off so much that um, people have actually got me to buy Pokemon cards, which I have never wow. bought Pokemon cards ever. So, and well, I guess I should also backtrack is there's been people that have bought things and had them sent to me to open on Twitch for them to talk about them, tell them what they have is valuable because not everybody knows about this yeah. yet and then send it to them. So I um, found, I had somebody that found like six of the, the newest hot boxes of kind of Pokemon cards, sending those over to me. And I've already had some people that have wanted to buy those. And so we're going to be opening that up sometime this week when that shows up. But I've, I've never opened Pokemon cards. So that's probably going to be really, really fun to watch and see me trying to pronounce names. And, and everybody's going to be chasing a shiny Charizard that's worth about 750 bucks. So that's the type of thing. You can find me on at Twitch at Riddler3. That's the number three. Um, and I also just made a little Facebook fan page just because I am very random and I don't have a set schedule that, if anybody wants to try and have an idea when I might be streaming, I kind of post on there because Facebook is still king as of. You know, yeah, we all right know now, that. All that stuff. But but we'll get you on a we're gonna get you on a set schedule because there's a lot of a lot of people on our side who want to see your content. So I'm sure you will be showing up on the Game of Nerds feed 
quite, quite soon. I want to thank John and Natalie for being our first guests on the Game of Nerd podcast and talking about their experience with the Game of Nerds. This is your friendly nerd reminder that there is no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. You can catch all the latest nerd news, reviews, and recommendations from video games, books, movies, television, cosplay, and more at thegameofnerds.com. We can also be found on all major social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr as The Game of Nerds. Make sure you're following us so you don't miss out on all the new podcast drops. Remember, when you play for The Game of Nerds, you either level up or respawn. Later, nerds. Bye.